This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello, mindful listeners. Oh, my dear. Thanks so much again for spending part of your day with us. And how are you doing? You know, it's an interesting question these days. I see it posted sometimes on social media. Friends are just checking in with friends, and it's unbelievable how many comments a simple question like that gets because I think people are in the, the need to talk and share because so much is going on. And I've got an incredible guest for you today that has endured so much. Um, we're going to be talking about finding gratitude and hope in difficult times. And I know we're all going through really such difficult times with the world as it is and the pandemic and other things. And so I want to introduce to you my guest. He wrote an incredible book called One Fine Day, Overcoming Adversity and Embracing the New Normal with Grace and Gratitude. I just got goosebumps too, just because um, I just, anyway, let's just get them here so we can have the conversation. I want to introduce to you Samir Bidet. Uh, Three and a half years ago, at the age of 47, Samir suffered an extremely rare and massive hemorrhagic stroke and underwent two brain surgeries and then spent a month in a medically suddenly induced coma. All right. So a month in in an induced coma. His healing journey has taken him from being bedridden and immobile through the use of a wheelchair, walker, a cane as well due to accessing cutting edge medical care in the United States and his multiple trips to India, where he rounded out his recovery with Eastern holistic therapies. I'm just gonna bring him on right now. Samir, welcome. Well, thanks Holly for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So let's just start out right now by saying you're in Mumbai right now, correct? That's right. I'm visiting my family here in Mumbai. I was supposed to come back home last year, but the you know the cases were so high that you know I've been delaying coming back. So I plan to come back now in April. Hope so. So, well, thank you. I mean, uh, then and and you sound great, and you you sound vibrant, and I just tell me about what happened three and a half years ago. What were you doing? Where were you? Sure, sure. And uh, Holly, if I may, you know, I'll just give a quick background about myself, please, before I get get into what happened that please. day. Please. So, you know, I was born, you know, I was born in India, and I grew up in Mumbai. So this is pretty much my town, my uh, birth, birth town. And then I moved to the, the U.S. thirty years ago, first as an international student, where I did my bachelor's and my master's degree. And then I found employment in consulting and technology in many global companies. Then I got my green card. And then eventually I became a U.S. citizen. And then I lived in Cleveland and Boston, working for different companies. And then I finally settled in Northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C., since 2002. So so that's my quick uh, background. Uh, But in terms of my story, no, almost like last, uh, you know, like four years ago, almost four years ago, 31st January of 2017, you know, since since the, that day, I have faced a lot of adversity and which has resulted in a new normal for me and which has kept changing ever since. First, on January 31st, 2017, I had a massive stroke and it, it was a genetic kind of stroke, which led to a brain hemorrhage. And I was, uh, you know, 47 with a young family. So that morning I woke up 
Now, I had no symptoms whatsoever. Since it was a generic form, you know, they, they wouldn't have detected it. And only like 15 days before uh, this day, I had done a complete physical. And obviously, they don't do an MRI. Because unless you have some symptoms, they, they, they don't go there. So yeah. this, this stroke came to me as a shock. Because that morning, I was just doing my emails in my master bedroom. You know, my work allowed me to work remotely. So working from home for me was nothing new now. So, you know, I was working, I was uh, uh, doing my emails, and suddenly my left sinus started to hurt a lot. So I, I had this throbbing pain in my left sinus, and then I started to become dizzy. So I couldn't, couldn't sit straight on the bed, so I just uh, lay down, and then I started to sweat. And as soon as I started to sweat, I realized that something was wrong. Now, there's a heart uh, history in my family, so I thought I was... Uh, you know, going through a, uh, you know, I was having a heart attack. Uh, so, so the, the 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 pain in the sinus, the dizziness, and the and the swelling continued. And uh, then we obviously knew something was wrong. So my ex-wife, uh, you know, called the paramedics, and they they came uh, pretty quickly, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And when they came, uh, they also could not figure out the, the symptoms, right? Because my my vitals were normal, my BP was normal, my EKG was normal. So they couldn't uh, make sense of what was happening. And they, they thought that it, it may be a severe migraine, uh, which I was have, having. And lucky for me, they decided to take me to the hospital to treat yeah. the migraine. And, and then they, they moved me to, to the ambulance uh, downstairs, and then I passed out. And then apparently, uh, you know, so I have no recollection for the next 30 days as I was in a coma and stuff like that. But apparently when I reached the ER, even the ER team did not know what was going on because all the vitals were normal. And apparently they did ask me that if, if, if there is anything else happening to me. And I, I told them that, uh, you know, I feel like my left hand is floating in the air. And as soon as they heard that, they rushed me to uh, do a, you know emergency MRI. And the MRI revealed that you know I had burst a vessel in my cerebellum, and I was going through a massive hemorrhagic stroke. And 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 they, then they rushed me immediately to the operating table. So within like an hour or two hours, I was on the operating table, and I went through uh, three hours of surgery, and then I spent about the next thirty days in a medically induced coma. And I had to go to another surgery after five days. You know they 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 noticed. Uh, Things again, so I had two two massive surgeries, and then I spent uh, about thirty days in a medically induced coma, and then they shifted me to a rehab hospital, where I started doing a lot of uh, you know physical, occupational, and you know speech therapies. So that was my first event, uh, you know, the first life-altering event, the way I look at it. And about a year after that, you know, I had to stop working. You know, after working nonstop for twenty-four years. You know, because of the stroke, I had to stop working. It didn't make sense. You know, I was not physically able to do it. So that was a uh, that was a second life altering event. And sure. third, I had an, another personal crisis. I went through a divorce. So these, oh, geez. yeah. So these three, you know, struck me, and my entire life came crashing down. So I felt like a rug had been pulled out under from under me. 
but you know i was you know truly grateful and thankful that i had survived because this was a very you know very very rare stroke so it's like only 1700 roughly 7 1700 people in the us uh, get this kind of stroke and many die some survive so i'm very lucky to be in that survivor group wow and i mean this is thank you so much for sharing this is amazing and um well when you say trauma and tragedy i mean certainly having an incredible like uh you know surviving an inc- incredibly traumatic stroke and then the loss of work what did you do from a vocational perspective may i ask sure sure so i used to be in a uh, technology consulting uh, before my stroke so i i did a lot of uh, consulting with a lot of global companies i used to travel a lot and so on so forth. all right so loss of work and then a divorce and then you had mentioned before you had a young family so kids were involved in and those three things but you say when you went to to write your book the old axiom of well the only thing that stays the same is change right 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 so so you know these these track you know these adversities you know i was at the lowest point in my life in 2018 so holly the way i look at it you know 2017 changed me with the stroke 2018 with the, the the two experiences you know i was at the lowest point of, you know it, it kind of broke me and then 2019 you know my eyes opened you know in terms of you know what the heck am i going to do with my life right so i had this calling right to to do something about my life and 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 help others you know go, going through uh, similar experiences uh, because i have had done so much uh, you know in my recovery so 2019 it dawned on me that i have to do something and i wanted to share back with the society in some shape or form so i decided to write my memoir uh, one fine day and you know with, with the hope that it will help uh, you know some people find comfort some information and some inspiration in facing your your adversity so you may think right how how, how, I, was, how i was supposed to write right uh, with my with my uh, health condition you know i couldn't sit in front of a computer for more than 10 minutes 10 minutes at a stretch you know i could only type by one hand because my left side was paralyzed and plus i was not a professional writer right so but my right. my calling was very strong you know i call it my calling and you know sure. so i found a way right so i i got a ghost writer back in pittsburgh and uh, and uh, you know so the way we wrote this was you know i made some notes you know i shared those those notes and some initial uh, you know chapter outline with uh, with the ghost writer then he added delete uh, you know added deleted to it then he sent me back then i further you know did some addition and deletion and then he would fine tune it further so this way we accomplished we wrote uh, about 11 chapters in about a year and then what did what this helped me do holly is that it, it avoided me spending a lot of time on the computer now i could spend i could uh, you know review his notes or review his work and stuff like that but i you know i don't, didn't have to uh, spend hours on the computer myself so i call myself an accidental author holly you know i had no intention of writing anything uh till till 2019 from accident to author i love it and i i want to get in because you know one of the one of the reasons i wanted you on this show is because as i said at the top of the show right you know hey hey mindful listeners how are you doing and i think it's such an important question these days because 
people are struggling in, in ways that they never have before. And obviously when your life came crashing down on you, you started to struggle in ways that you had never had before, but through this book and through your process, um, you built resilience and you positivity and exploring the unexpected benefits of life altering situations, which we're all in right now. So I just want people to, to listen to your story and for you to share what these points were for you, how, you know, to face, you know, this adversity and, and create this new normal and adapt to it. And not only adapt to it, Samir, you sound like you're thriving in it as well. Right, right. Thank you. Yes. You know, I, I'm, tr I'm trying to, yes, absolutely. So, you know, uh, so Ali, when I started writing the book, you know, I was uh, writing the book, you know, again, going back to what one fine day means. You know, one fine day means that anything can and will happen. You know, life changes will happen to you. And those could be anything, you know, big or small, professional or personal. And and you have to accept uh, what is happening to you, number one. And then you have to embrace uh, whatever new normal it is with grace and gratitude, and which I've tried to do over the last four years. And so when I started writing the book, you know, I was writing for, uh, you know, different life changes one will face, good uh, good and bad. So it's not just, just about bad life changes. So, you know, I was writing about uh, good and bad life changes. Never in a million years I thought that the pandemic would create such a new normal for the entire world. So my message from my book, you know, intended to be for the various life changes uh, one faces, are, are, are much more applicable now in this post-pandemic, uh, you know, new normal created uh, for the entire world. So there are different themes in my book, right? You know, I talk about building resilience, and that's something I found is that, you know, uh, that to face uh, adversity, you have to build re resilience. And, and, uh, and, and my honest uh, conclusion is, you know, you're, you're born with some of this resilience. You know, it's built into you. It's genetic. But the important point is that, you know, it's not fixed, right? You're, you're born with it. It's, it's like a muscle. You know, you, you can definitely build it up. So, so you're born with some of it, but you can definitely learn more and, 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 and develop, uh, you know, strength or re resilience. And one thing I've discovered is that, you know, strength or resilience is something you don't fully know that you have until you need it. And to me, everything starts with acceptance, you know, building resilience. You know, before that, you have to accept, you know, that's why I have this uh, motif in my book. It is what it is. You know, no matter what you're facing, you have to accept what is going on, not what you think you, you want to have. And, and, and that uh, motif has, uh, you know, kept me uh, moving forward. And, and that has helped me build resilience. So the, my lesson learned there is that, yes, you're born with some of it. But you can build it. You can learn uh, to, uh, you know, how to be resilient. And then the other thing uh, which uh, you know I focus a lot, and that's a theme in my book, is you know finding positivity and expressing gratitude. You know, I used to believe in that before, uh, but you know after my stroke, you know that is uh, much more, uh, you know, relevant for me. And uh, you know, so before I used to, you know, always. Uh, you know, think that why a particular thing is not good for me or why a person I don't like or something like that. Now, by design, you know, I have a mindset change, right? That, you know, I start with the fact that, you know, uh, you know the, with, with the mindset that, you know, why a particular thing, is, it, it, you know, 
before I used to think why a particular thing is not good. Now I say a particular, th- let's start with the fact that it may be good. So let's start there. So it's a mind, sh- mind shift change for me. And what helped me, uh, you know, you know, uh, build this positivity is the, the daily habit of journaling, which uh, journaling, which I, uh, you know, started doing after my stroke. And basically, you know, I was a big uh, to-do uh, person before, but then I started doing uh, uh, journaling af- after my stroke. And basically, I, I, I was documenting a lot of the feelings, you know, I, I faced uh, during that day. And at the end of the day, I would also write three things that I was proud and thankful for that day. So that has that helped me a lot in developing positivity in everything uh, everything I do. And uh, you know, so that has uh, driven me, and uh, and and definitely, you know, the, being positive, uh, you know, it helps you express more gratitude. Not that I was an asshole before, but you know, it it has, it has definitely, you know, helped me, uh, you know, do more of that uh, because of my stroke. So that was uh, that was my second theme in the book, and then the other thing uh, which I uh, talk about in the book is you know, no matter what one is facing. You know, uh, there are always some unexpected benefits. So let, let me explain what I mean by that. So for me, you know, before my stroke, I hardly used to cook, and now because of uh, because of uh, the the uh, the situation in my life, I started to cook a little bit by myself. You know, I, and I never used to cook before. And then before my stroke, I, I I struggled like many do with getting a regular and consistent workout workout. But after the stroke. No, I had to work out because that was needed for my body and mind. And then right. the third thing, uh, Ali, which, uh, you know, it, it was kind of not expected. Again, an unexpected benefit is that I got into habit of reading more books. Uh, re- re- reading in my uh, my world means listening to audiobooks. So before my stroke, I barely used to read a book, like maybe one book in two years or, or whatever. But now, because of my condition, I got into the habit of listening to, you know, reading more books, listening to audio books. Probably I do like uh, one book in two months. So, so th- those, those are some of the unexpected benefits, uh, which, uh, you know, which everybody will find them. You just have to explore them. And, and that's, my, that's, that's my point in the book. And then the other thing I cover in the book is, you know, the art of the possible, right? Finding possibilities. So, Samir, if you don't, Hang on. So I just want to review for, for the listeners. I mean, because there's so many points here and you, you mentioned that awareness is the first step. So, you know, it is what it is. You, you had a stroke, you lost work, you lost your, you know, your wife, you you got a divorce. Um, and, and through that though, building resilience, and you found that you were able to build that resilience because you had to, I mean, it's there for you. So encouragement to the folks and to the listeners is that it's there. It's a human, it's a human almost quality. I think we can, we can tap into that when we need it. And then you also mentioned being able to find positivity and by, and and doing that by journaling and expressing gratitude. and, And it sounds like not only gratitude for the things that you have, but gratitude for, the things that you are proud of that you, you know, you, you gratitude for yourself, um, which I think is amazing. And then, 
as you said, the, uh, the unexpected benefits that you'd never worked out before. And all of a sudden you are aware of your body and how important physical movement is, especially, um, when you're healing from something so devastating. So I just, I, I wanted to interrupt and just kind of like re- re- review these points because I don't want anything to be missed in your lovely book, One Fine Day. Yeah, no, well put, Holly. No, no wonder you are a hostess of a podcast. <laughs> hey, I try my best. <laughs> yeah. And so the other thing, you know, I was talking about is, you know, finding possibilities, right? The art of the possible, as we say in business. Now, my overall, overall philosophy over the last four years, you know, while trying different treatments and therapies uh, and uh, things to help me face my adversities, you know, my overall philosophy with my caregivers was, if it is, if something is not going to kill me, let's try it. And when in doubt, try it. And that's that's the message for uh, in my book as well. Is that you know you have to try everything. You know it may or may not work, but you have to try everything. So for example, right? I, I did a you know obviously I uh, did a lot of uh, heavy duty Western medicine and you know care. You know in terms of uh, physical therapy and occupational therapies and cutting edge medical technology and all that. But I also supplemented that with uh, holistic Eastern medicine and care. You know, I, I did, uh, you know, things like yoga and uh, meditation and acupuncture and energy healing and all that. And I also did like, uh, you know, music therapy. So, so I think, you know, that's the point in the book I'm making is that you have to find different things. And again, you know, it may or may not work, but you have to try different things. So I've done a lot of these things, and and one of the things uh, you know I can uh, tell your uh, tell your listeners is you know you know no matter what these things are, you know uh, how long to do these things, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, whether it's uh, you know doing a, you know uh, biofeedback or whatever. Now obviously you'll consult professionals, but basically the the holistic uh, you know my experience has that you know. People can tell you, you know, whatever, you know, that you should do yoga for so much time or you should do meditation for so much time, so much time and so on and so forth. But my experience tells me that no matter what one says, you just take that as an, as an input. And then in the end, you do what, what only you can do. And you're, you're the best judge of that. You know that. And uh, one thing about uh, yoga and meditation and stuff like that is, you know, that you can definitely learn a lot. Uh, you know, there are lots of tutorials online and YouTube videos and uh, teachers online. But the best thing about these uh, things is that you don't require any gym membership. You don't require any training equipment. You know, you can do all these things in the comfort of your home and in the privacy of your homes. That's right. And of course, you know, we are, most of us are kind of sequestered and stuck in in our homes right now so being able to be nimble and self-sufficient inside is 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 something that is definitely needed and and inspiring that you found that absolutely absolutely and the other thing which i talk about in the book uh, again it's a kind of a theme in the book you know is discovering balance in everything you do right and especially i I kind of achieved the balance between, you know, doing cutting edge of Western medicine and Eastern medicine. Uh, and uh, and I, I'm, I'm a believer and based on my experience, you know, just as, uh, you know, we are very dependent on Western medicine and technology, you know, there's the other camp, you know, where they only use alternate medicine and practices. 
and they shun medical innovations and technology. So uh, my point in the book is that you need both. You know, you need both to have the best chance to heal your mind, body, and spirit. And uh, and to me, Eastern medicine is not the answer to all the ills, as many folks believe. Nor is Western medicine and technology. And no one system is better. You you, you need both, and they complement each other very well. And I'm a living proof. So let, let me give you an example, right? So I was taking Prozac, you know, after my stroke. You know, the doctors advised me to take Prozac, so I was taking Prozac. So I supplemented that uh, with uh, meditation, and that that was a uh, you know a new thing for me doing meditation. Uh, and obviously, I did a lot of physical and occupational rehab, and then I supplemented that with a lot of uh, yoga techniques, especially breathing techniques, and stuff like that. And you know, because of the stroke, I had a lot of dizziness and headache. I still do, and you know, the doctors gave me nerve shots to my temple, but I also tried and. Uh, different uh, therapies so i started using cbd oils and some yoga techniques to see if that helps with my dizziness or headache so so achieving that balance is very important no one system is perfect and uh, again with the yoga with the yoga you know being from india you know people thought that i may be you know well versed in yoga but i was not i had completely shunned that before and i always used to think that uh, you know yoga was tough poses and exercises uh, that you know, it was not possible for me to do because of my health condition. But yoga is much more holistic and much more beyond tough poses. You know, it has a lot of other techniques and breathing techniques and stuff like that, which which is very very helpful uh, in, in in whatever you're doing. And again, you you don't need to have a medical crisis like me. I think this is a this is something uh, you do on a day to day basis, and it helps you with overall you know, you know peace of mind and a state of well-being and in meditation you know i practice a lot of mindfulness meditation you know again my mindfulness is being aware of what you are sensing and feeling at any given moment so i practice that uh, during meditation but i also found that that mindfulness is not just when you you know sit down and meditate now that's something you practice throughout the day you know you 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 are you are in a position to practice uh, you know what's going on uh, throughout the day and offer no judgment without any judgments that's that's the key and and again uh, as as you may know you know meditation is not easy right i found it very very hard still find it hard and uh, but you know what was a breakthrough for me was when my yoga teacher told me that now if other thoughts come to your mind while you are meditating it's perfectly okay because i used to get really mad you know why these thoughts are coming and so on and so forth but he said it's perfectly okay as long as you don't dwell on them and uh, you know redirect your attention to your breathing that 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 will work so so that was a breakthrough for me because you know all these thoughts you know came to my mind and they will for for everybody but as long as you you know focus, refocus your attention on your on your breathing you know that 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 is the key for meditation so and be, before your your tragedies did you think much no, about meditation so again, again you know before my uh, you know uh, adversities i had never done uh, yoga i had never done meditation i had never talked to a clinical psychologist which i did after my stroke and and those two things have helped me holly meditation 
and uh, talking to a professional uh, clinical psychologist. These two things have, have helped me, you know, accept, uh, you know, the reality because the first six to eight months was very tough. You know, I, I have a chapter in the book, Why Me? You know, these, you know, thoughts hounded me, right? You know, why me? Sure. Why am I suffering? Why sure. my family has to suffer? The first six to eight months, you know, these thoughts were very, very dominant in my mind. Uh, but but meditation and talking to a psychologist helped me. And then slowly these thoughts, I'm not saying they're completely gone, but the frequency is much, much less now. So, you know, that has helped me accept the situation. And what I've realized over the last four years, you know, the, that there is no magic pill or potion, uh, whether in Western or Eastern medicine, only hard work and grit is needed, is the only way to move forward. And again, I am stressing in my book uh, that, no one system is better than the other. You know, Western uh, medicine has, has its benefits and Eastern medicine mm -hmm. has, has its benefits. Yeah, Samir, if, if, if you've ever listened to the show, I think one thing I say probably more than anything is that there's value in all systems of medicine right, and that um, you certainly tapped into that. So, so this, this, this book, who's the audience? I mean, it sounds like everybody is, I, gave, I mean, I think you're saying you don't have to go through the tragedies, the stroke, the divorce, the loss of work, but you know, it could be the fact that, you know, the fear around the pandemic, it could be the fear around um, children not being able to go back to school and your work being actually, you know, threatened or vulnerable. It could be, um, all the things that people are going through right now, it is what it is, settle down, um, the gratitude, the breathing, the meditation, you know, I think, I think what you're saying in a sense, you know, so much until we get shaken to our knees, like you did, I think we, we, we live in this sympathetic do loop, right? We're always just like kind of, and sympathetic, I mean, fight or flight, like we're always going from one task to another, or one email list to another, or one responsibility to another, or one fear, or one concern to another. Parasympathetic is that place where you actually can, you know, rest, relax, repair um, from, you know, an emotional perspective, from a physical perspective, from a spiritual perspective. And it sounds like you got shaken to your knees and you were like, okay, well, then what is there to do? And you found resilience and positivity and gratitude and grace for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this, this the message from my book, and uh, you know, it's not just that you know you're if you're having a medical crisis or you're going through any adversity. It again, you know, going back to the definition of one point, you know, anything good or bad can happen to you and will happen. So you know, whatever these good or bad things are, you know, they result in a new normal, which you have to adapt, and and uh, you have to successfully adapt. And you have to embrace whatever these, uh, whatever the, the new normal is. And uh, self-pity and complaining are not, not an option. That, that I'm very clear on in the book. Again, you know, it's like, you know, you don't need to have to go through a medical crisis. It's for anybody, right? Any, any life changes. And that's, that's the, the definition of one point. All right. So we've got, a, we've got about a minute. Uh, my last question for you, obviously, I probably know the answer, but where can folks find this one fine day book? Sure, sure. So One Fine Day was launched globally on December 8th. Nice. And they, in the U.S., they can definitely find it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And uh, a lot of uh, retail outlet, outlets uh, in, in the U.S., but these two are the primary, primary, primary. Uh, sure. 
and support those lo- local bookstores if you can. Everybody, those small businesses needs our help right now. So if it's safe and you can get there. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Holly, I forgot to mention, uh, you know, I, I'm also, you know, the book is also available on bookshop.org, which supports a lot of stores. So, so, that, so that, that's available there. Samir Bade, thank you for sharing your inspiring story. Um, you've given me and hopefully my listeners a lot to think about. And I think what I'll do now um, before I retire and hopefully have a good night's sleep every night is just say, you know what? That was one fine day, no matter what happened. <laughs> Right, right. right. <laughs> All right, mindful listeners, thank you so much once again, and we'll see you next time.